1: Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolnes. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolnes. Well, we got two more weeks of regular season 2022, now 2023. Eye on the Enemy is coming your way as we preview the Super Bowl between the Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs getting uh, ready to get cranked up here a week from Sunday and joining me in just a couple of minutes is going to be great writer for Sports Illustrated Connor Orr, who came out earlier this week with 13 predictions for Super Bowl 57 so we'll talk to him about a few of those and get his early thoughts here and with the game about a week away now little over a week away as we are recording this here on Friday morning. And so uh, we'll jump into that. I'll give you some of my early thoughts on the game as well coming up here on this edition of Eye on the Enemy. And as you all know, BleedingGreenNation.com has got this game covered inside and outside. We get all the latest news, rumors, notes, everything you're going to want to need to know. So check out BleedingGreenNation.com and all the podcasts we have for you on the feed here over the next week and a half. Leave a five-star rating and a review for this particular podcast as well, if you wouldn't mind. If you haven't done that on Apple Podcasts, you can also leave a comment, ask a question, and uh, I'll do my best to answer it as as, as best I can with my limited knowledge of this world. So again, Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review, five stars, go a long way to helping out this particular show. All right, let me give you some fun facts before we get over to Connor Orr here for Super Bowl 57. This will be be just the 10th matchup all time between the Eagles and Chiefs. These two teams, generally speaking, don't talk to each other very often. I mean, you play in the AFC West when you're the Chiefs, you play in the NFC East when you're the Eagles. Traditionally, back in the old days, before the schedules got changed around a little bit, you, almost, you wouldn't see these teams every, uh, more than every other three years, four years or so. And the Eagles have played them a little bit more often in recent seasons, but not all that much and there was a long time where these two teams really didn't play each other all that much again just the 10th matchup all time uh between the Eagles and the Chiefs from there were they played uh, their first game against each other in 1972 and then they didn't match up again until 1992 so in 1992 that was only the second time The Eagles had ever played the Chiefs, and then they played in 1998, so six years passed between their second and third meetings, and then ever since then, it's been about every three or four years, 2001, 2005, 2009, 2013. 2017, and then of course last year when the Chiefs blew the Eagles out of the water, 42 to 30. The Chiefs have won three games in a row. Uh, the Eagles had won the three before that. Uh, right now, the uh, the Eagles have a uh, they're four and five all time against the Chiefs here in this uh, nine game streak. So again, these are not these are not teams that play each other all that much. Andy Reid, whatever side he's been on in this history, has been a part of six of the nine Eagles-Chiefs games. The first three was as coach of the Eagles when he beat the Chiefs in all three matchups. And then the last three have been as the head coach of the Chiefs. And he's won all three matchups against his former team. So Andy Reid is 6-0 and all time in these Eagles-Chiefs matchups. Three with the Eagles, three with the Chiefs. The combined age of the quarterbacks in this game. Well, you know, a lot of the conversation is about the fact you have Two black starting quarterbacks going up against each other for the first time in the Super Bowl. They are also the youngest quarterback duo ever to match up in a Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts at 24 years and 189 days. Patrick Mahomes, 27 years, 148 days. The youngest ever between starting quarterbacks in a Super Bowl. Now here's some other things that probably don't mean anything, but just some fun numbers. Patrick Mahomes, I think we all know by now, will probably win the NFL MVP. That might not be the worst thing in the world. League MVPs are 0-9 in the Super Bowl since 2000. That has absolutely no bearing (laughs) on Super Bowl Sunday. But, hey, just something, you know, that's that's a weird number. Mahomes led the NFL in passing yards this year. No quarterback has ever led the league in passing yards And won the Super Bowl in the same year. Quarterbacks are 0-6 in those six situations. Again, maybe back in the old days, quarterbacks who led the league in passing, generally speaking, were playing from behind a lot. So maybe that had something to do with it. But you got to the Super Bowl playing that way. So it is weird to think that you wouldn't win a single Super Bowl having led the league in passing. But here we are. The Eagles' defense allowed the fewest passing yards per game this year, 179.8, and had the most sacks, 70, which, of course, you all know by now. Both these teams know how to rush the passer. The Eagles led the league with those 70 sacks in the regular season, third most all-time. The Chiefs, however, led the AFC and were second behind the Eagles in sacks with 55. Kansas City has the number 1 scoring offense. Philadelphia has the number 1 pass defense. And the top-scoring offense is 0-4, against the top defense, passing defense, in Super Bowl games. So you've got a couple of trends here, three trends here that would seem to favor the Eagles. Now here's one that maybe doesn't favor the Eagles. The Eagles, if they were to win the Super Bowl, would be the first offense averaging over 140 rushing yards per game to win a Super Bowl since the 1998 Broncos, the Terrell Davis-led Broncos. Um, this is from NBC Sports. These two teams had very, very similar regular seasons. Uh, the Eagles uh, and Chiefs were the only teams to finish 14-3, and three, right? Each of these teams went 9-3 and three within their conference. And while the Eagles had a plus 133 point differential and the Chiefs had a plus 127 point differential, both teams scored 546 points so far this year, including the postseason. Isn't that crazy? They've played the same number of games, and they've scored the same exact number of points here, regular season and postseason combined. Both teams also won seven games at home and seven games on the road. There is not only an Andy Reid connection to Philadelphia, but there is a Philadelphia connection, coaching-wise, to Kansas City. Did you know Nick Sirianni was an assistant coach with the Chiefs? From 2009 to 2012, he was their offensive quality control coach, wide receivers coach, and assistant quarterbacks coach. Uh, Andy Reid decided to move on from Nick Sirianni. When Reid came aboard, he had somebody else he wanted to bring in, Uh, and then Sirianni went to Indianapolis, became offensive coordinator, and obviously is where he is right now. The Eagles... In their Super Bowl history, 1-2, and two, of course, as we all know, losing in 80 in 2004 before winning in 2017. The Chiefs have two wins in four Super Bowls. They won in 1969 and in 2019 and lost in 1966 and 2020. Finally, for those of you who care about the jersey colors, the Chiefs will wear their white jerseys. The Eagles, as the home team, got to pick the color, and they are going with their midnight green. For what it's worth... The team wearing white jerseys has won 15 of the past 18 Super Bowls, and remember how we were all getting nervous about that stat back in 2017 because the Eagles were wearing their green jerseys? Of course, it didn't matter. The Eagles won Super Bowl 52 in their green jerseys, so not a whole lot to get worked up about. Well, joining me to help break down the Super Bowl a little bit, I know it's a little more than a week away, but uh, everybody's chomping at the bit here to get this thing started, so... Not diving heavy into the X's and O's just yet, but uh, some storyline stuff and some other things to talk about. Connor Orr, the great writer for Sports Illustrated. Uh, of course, you follow him on Twitter, at Connor Orr. He wrote a piece this week, 13 Predictions for the Super Bowl. Uh, we're not going to talk to him about all 13, because uh, that would take a little bit of time, but we'll get his thoughts on a couple of them anyway. Connor, thanks for coming on Eye on the Enemy. How are you?
2: I'm doing well, thanks. How are you?
1: Doing well, doing well. I know you're on the way to Philadelphia uh, right now to... Uh, to to work on some stories here for the Super Bowl. So um, before we get into the predictions uh, just now, I did want to talk to you about... Maybe you know a matchup here and there that uh, that you're looking at here for the for the Super Bowl coming up. I know you're, you're you know diving into this stuff as as everybody else is. As you look at these two teams, you know they both went fourteen and three. You look at the the point differential, very similar during the course of the season. Both very good offensively, um, but they have their different strengths and weaknesses. Um, can you give me like a a, a matchup or a player um, that you think the Eagles need to nail? or a player that really needs to play well for the Eagles in order to win this game. And if you want to say the quarterback's great, but if you, if you're looking outside the quarterback, maybe who that might be.
0: Well,
2: so I was actually pretty fascinated. I, 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 I went to all the playoff games at the link this year and charted uh, how they would take away or neutralize the team's best defenders. So Dexter Lawrence against the Giants, Nick Bosa against the 49ers. And it's interesting how, Integral that is to everything that they do, right? They unwind their entire offense around, they unwind their entire offense around, you know, how a defensive player is going to attack them. And, you know, whether it was Dexter Lawrence being on the field and they only ran quick game so he couldn't collapse the pocket or Nick Bosa, how they conflicted him with some of the RPRO stuff. So I I think it's Chris Jones for me in the Super Bowl this year, right? I mean, they, they played him outside against the Bengals a lot just to see if he could. You know, uh, take advantage of some of the mismatches and ended up really becoming a game wrecker. Uh, I'm curious to see where the Chiefs put him against the Eagles, who they think is kind of the weak link in this um, defense or uh, offensive line, and, uh, and how that kind of uh, ends up working out.
1: All right, now let's look at the other side of it, uh, the Chiefs. What, give me a player or something that the Chiefs need to make sure that they nail if they're going to win this game.
2: So if I'm the chief, the only way that I'm going to win this game is if I find a soft spot in that offensive line and I consistently take advantage of it. I, just because what the Eagles do, right, is, is all framed around the idea that Jalen Hurts is going to run at any point in time. And, you know, I think that other defensive coordinators who have faced them this year, that's that's been kind of the golden ticket, right, is how can I collapse the pocket? How can I disallow – anything at the mesh point and can we get into a situation where they're afraid to do that and they just kind of you know stay in quick game and then that way we can kind of bring our defense up a little bit and Mm. uh and play them at the line of scrimmage so i think that's probably the hope i think that's what they'd like to do but i mean when i say chris jones is going to have to have an otherworldly mvp level type performance i mean it's going to have to be one where i think he would win the mvp instead of patrick mahomes
1: oh yeah i mean You look at how this offensive line kind of shut down Dexter Lawrence in the divisional round and and then really handled Nick Bosa pretty well. It really is, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough sledding for for Chris Jones, but then Chris Jones might be the defensive player of the year. So, I mean, it's going to be a challenge for the Eagles offensive line as well. It's it's just so many great matchups in this game and uh, so many stars, so many evenly. uh, These teams so evenly matched here. I I liked your predictions, and we're only going to go over a, a few of them. Um, One of your predictions involved A.J. Brown. You had some very specific uh, numbers for him. Six catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown for A.J. Brown on Sunday. He's been a bit quiet so far here in the playoffs, but do you see him having an impact early? Yeah,
2: because I think what they're going to do, I mean, this is true of – it's not true of Patrick Holmes, but it's true of Jalen, right? And I think that Shane Steichen is such a good offensive coordinator. I know he's going to want to get Jalen comfortable early in the game. And I think there's no better option, right, than to find A.J. Brown off the line of scrimmage and let him use his natural power to gain you six or seven yards. And, you know, that serves a couple purposes. It gets Jalen comfortable. It gets the Chiefs defense up, right, and sets maybe up Devonta Smith deep a little bit. And um, it gets A.J. Brown in the game because I know that there's been a couple of times this year where he's expressed his frustration with not being a part of the game plan. And I think... You want him involved, right? You want him dialed into the Super Bowl because you're probably going to need him to block later on uh, if you want to win. So I think that they're going to try to get him involved pretty early on.
1: You also have a prediction. Travis Kelsey isn't the big Chiefs receiver on Sunday. Of course, he's been the guy. I think he has uh, second most receptions in playoff history, second only to Jerry Rice. I think I saw that stat earlier this week. Um, I think it's a good, bold stat. Why do you see it that way, and who do you think picks up the slack receiver-wise for the Chiefs?
2: I've seen them, um, you know, I saw them specifically kind of tinkering around with Sky Moore a lot um, with the Bengals, and I like either Sky Moore, one of the backs, um, I think, to lead the Chiefs in receiving just because I think the Eagles' offense is too fast, and I'm not calling Kelsey slow by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that they're going to have to develop a little bit more of an intermediate passing game because I don't think that the Chiefs have seen speed off the edge like this, at least in a couple of weeks, and not in Patrick Mahomes' current state, right? Mm And so you saw that the Bengals in the second half of that game were bringing pressure, um, and they almost never do that uh, because they saw an opportunity there to get Mahomes off of his spot. And I think that the Eagles probably are going to identify that something similar because, listen, it's a high ankle sprain, right? It's it's a six-week injury. It doesn't matter how well it's, it's a matter of pain tolerance but he's still going to have it for six weeks and so yeah. I see Eagles coming after him a lot and I see Mahomes needing to use guys out of the backfield a little bit more than he would have normally it's
1: really fascinating both of these quarterbacks essentially have a, a six seven week injury that they're dealing with and trying trying to play through it here at the highest stage and it's just I think it's a matter of which injury limits each guy more in this game and they each have an extra week to kind of rest up and uh maybe both guys will look a little bit better in the super bowl than they did certainly in the championship round coming off uh, their second game in in 2 weeks but uh i think that's the i think that's the key to the game can can the eagles get to uh get to mahomes for sure and pacheco is the guy that scares the the, the be- out of me man uh, i he he is the kind of guy i can see them getting close to 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 mahomes a bunch of times and mahomes just flicking the ball to pacheco and him running 15 17 20 yards down the field three or four times in this game
2: I agree. Um, I think the one thing with Pacheco, right, that you don't know is how he's gonna, not only how he's going to handle the spot, but he's had some ball security issues this year. And is that kind of uh, uh, you know a low-hanging fruit for a really opportunistic and aggressive defense? Could you turn the table by forcing a turnover? Because I think that's been the one Achilles' heel out of Pacheco this year. Is you know is he prone to fumbling a little bit in big spots? Um, is he kind of inexperienced, or is he going to end up being that physical game wrecker? Runs with reckless abandon, but I, outside of you know, I thought about them using Sky more out of the backfield for in the passing game, and I think Pacheco is another guy because you know you go back to the, the Super Bowl they lost against Tampa Bay, and there was no effort by Andy to utilize a second tight end, to mm-hmm. utilize a receiving back, to do anything to help Mahomes neutralize that pressure. It was all it was all Tyreek, it was all Kelsey. I think he learns from him his mistakes better than any coach. That we've ever seen, and the great ones always do. And I think that we're going to see a lot of backfield stuff this, this week.
1: You also predicted one particular Eagles defensive lineman will be more productive in this game, really, than he has at any point in a Birds uniform this year. We're not talking about Hassan Reddick. We're not talking about Brandon Graham. Who are we talking about here?
2: I thought Robert Quinn, and I go back to the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl in the first half of that game. And you had Dwight Freeney, who was on the Falcons at that point, and he was absolutely demolishing the Patriots in that game. And I remember talking to Endomicon too a couple of years ago when he was around that age. And I do think that you're built for those moments where all of your preparation, all of your studying, all of your institutional knowledge really comes down to one game, one moment. Maybe there's something he knows about Orlando Brown or somebody else on the Chiefs. Uh, offensive line that he can take advantage of. And I think that's why you go out and get these guys for Mm. moments like this. And right now they have such an experienced defensive line with such a library of knowledge. And I just think that's such a weapon.
1: It is, and he's been very quiet. He hasn't needed to be the guy that they thought they might be getting at the trade deadline, but that certainly would be a welcome sight. And goodness, if they get something from Robert Quinn, forget about it. And Dominican Sue actually uh, made a big play, uh, knocking Josh Johnson out of the game uh, in the NFC Championship game as well. So you never know when these experienced veteran guys who may have been quiet all year, they can, they can all of a sudden jump up and, and make a big play here and there. Um, you also mentioned an off field rumor that we could delve into more surrounding Jalen Hurts' contract extension being a, a storyline this week. Uh talk a little bit more about what you were what you were thinking there.
2: Well, right, every Super Bowl and you know, even if it's the smallest little morsel of news, right, it gets driven into some massive thing. I you know, remember last year, no. right? When, is Sean McVay gonna retire? Um, right and uh, is is Aaron Donald going to retire is everyone on the Rams going to retire if they win and just walk away and it turned into this massive thing uh, that hung over the game and I feel like just because of all of our innate curiosities or maybe we all love a car accident you know I think a little snowball becomes an avalanche and so I think that there is an inevitability that Jalen will be asked about his contract this week and then I think maybe a morsel becomes a fully baked cake at some point before the game. And, you know, if you had to bet, right. Prediction wise, Sunday morning, NFL sweepstakes, Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport, what are they going to be fighting about? You know, there's nothing else out there right now, except for like, okay. Yes. Maybe, um, you know, the, how, you know, maybe the quarterbacks are more banged up than we thought. Maybe there's something there. Right. Um, and, And maybe that's the big story of the game, but I don't know. I I think we are all, at some point, looking ahead to what on earth they're going to do with this guy.
1: Yeah, and so many of their free agent choices. They have so many free agents on the defensive side of the ball this year. They've got to keep some of them. They can't keep all of them. And, of course, the Jalen Hurts contract will factor into who they can keep and how many. All right, let me throw the last thing out at you here. uh, the, The fifth and final prediction we're going to talk about, you predicted a final score in your story. How do you see this one playing out? Of course, understanding a lot can happen between now and a week from Sunday.
2: I like thirty-one thirty Eagles. I like them to get ahead quickly. I just especially in the postseason, the way that Shane Sykin has scripted some of these opening drives, they've looked so efficient. And you know, if you can get if you can get ahead seven nothing, you can force a quick stop and, and get another score there. I think you're off and running, like we've seen. It, it's been an early tracking for the Eagles, right? And then I think the Chiefs kind of come back in the third and the fourth, but the Eagles are able to sustain that comeback.
1: Well, it should be a really good game, and I know you're going to be covering it uh, for ins and outs just like everybody else at Sports Illustrated is doing, folks. Make sure you're reading everything Connor Orr is doing for Sports Illustrated. Follow him on the Tweet Machine, at Connor Orr. Connor, thanks for coming on Eye on the Enemy, man. I appreciate it.
2: Thanks for having me and my kids in the backseat.
1: I appreciate it. <laughs> you bet. Well, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, I'll give you some of my initial thoughts and feelings on this game, uh, Some some trends to watch. I'll give you my three biggest concerns. And my three biggest areas of confidence, uh, as we are a little more than a week away from Super Bowl 57. I'll do that coming up next here on Eye on the Enemy.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference.
1: And we're back with Eye on the Enemy. So before I get to my three biggest concerns and three biggest areas of confidence, I did just kind of want to touch on something I wrote for Bleeding Green Nation this week. And I talked about this a couple of times on the podcast, especially as the Eagles were running up that 13-1 record. And Jaylen, before Jalen Hurts got hurt, the team was rolling over people, and they just looked like a, an utter machine. The offense was inevitable, and the defense was really starting to come around after Linval Joseph came on board and really— began to stop the running game this Eagles team depending on what happens in the Super Bowl does have a chance to go down as one of the great teams in NFL history when you consider how dominant they've been here in the postseason they have a chance to etch themselves in NFL history kind of on similar levels as the 72 Dolphins 85 Bears not quite that high you're not going to be those two teams were just you're never coming close to those teams but The 84 and 89 49ers, maybe. The 2007 Patriots. The uh, Washington football team in 1991. That's the one this team reminds me of the most. The 99 Rams. Some of those old Steelers teams. The 92 Cowboys. The 98 Broncos. The 2022 Eagles could join them, depending on the outcome of Super Bowl 57. Now, I will just say, I will take a win in the Super Bowl, no matter how it comes about. I don't care if it's complete and total luck. I don't care if they have to crawl across broken glass to win by one point in this game. Flags fly forever. Everybody remembers a parade. Legends will be born no matter how this team wins the Super Bowl. Just get it done. I don't care. So what I'm about to say shouldn't impact any of that, right? I want this team to win a Super Bowl, and I do not care how they do it. That being said... (laughs) They have a chance. If they're able to win this Super Bowl by a wide margin, they could etch themselves as one of the all-time greatest teams in NFL history. They already had a dominant regular season. Now, I know they didn't have the best the biggest point differential in the NFL. There were two teams, the Niners and the Bills had better point differentials than the Eagles did. The Eagles are plus 133, but they were the team the NFL's last unbeaten team this year. They went 13 and 1. The only reason they didn't go 15 and 2 or even 16-1, and was because Jalen Hurts got hurt. And the Eagles did it by going 9-1 and against teams with a winning record, including the postseason. That's, the best, that's tied for the best record in NFL history against winning teams, tied with the 69 Vikings and 2007 Patriots. And guess what? If they beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, they'll be 10-1 and set the all-time record for best record against teams with a winning record in a single season. And this postseason run has also been among the best in NFL history so far. A plus 55 point differential in two playoff games. That's a lot of points. That is a big, big spread. The Eagles are the first team in NFL history to score 30 or more points while allowing fewer than 10 in back-to-back postseason games. The Eagles held the 49ers and Giants to seven or fewer points. They're the first... Team in the playoffs to do that since that legendary Ravens team 23 years ago, and I know a lot of us are expecting a very close Super Bowl here. But traditionally, historically speaking, whoever wins the Super Bowl generally wins it by more than a score. In the 56 previous Super Bowls, only 21 of them, 37 and a percent, so a little more than a third, were decided by one score, including the Birds' eight point win over the Patriots in Super Bowl 52. of the time, the winning team has won by 10 or more points. And there have been 13 occasions, nearly a quarter of the time, where the Super Bowl winner has won by three touchdowns or more. If the Eagles can become the 14th team to do the latter, and again, I don't think it's going to happen that way necessarily. Three touchdowns is a huge spread. It's a blowout. If the Eagles win this game by a blowout, they will have authored a postseason run bettered by just three teams in playoff history. The 89-49ers, the 86 Giants, and the 85 Bears. So again, I will hungrily devour any Super Bowl victory, whether it's by one point or 30. But I can remember as a kid, so many Super Bowl blowouts. It was the rarity that you had a close game. Like in the 80s and early 90s, it was a rarity that you had a close game. Now, there's more reason, way more reasons to believe that this game will be close. But this team feels special. This team feels different. We've never had, I think, the last, maybe the only truly, utterly dominant Philadelphia sports franchise. Sports season, from wire to wire, was the 1983 Sixers, right? The Moses Malone Fo Fo, fo where they just blitzed through the playoffs, really didn't have a care in the world as they dominated the, the NBA playoffs and, and won the title. Every other Philadelphia title has been really hard fought and that's listen that's great you know no no shame in that but we haven't had in Philadelphia a team that really just truly dominated from start to finish and we had in these playoffs a dominant divisional win a dominant conference championship win and this team is just rolling now The Chiefs are rolling, too. The Chiefs are a really good team, but they had to work a little harder against better teams, the Jaguars and the Bengals, better teams than the Giants and, as it turned out, the 49ers. But the Eagles are the fifth team to win the divisional playoffs and conference championship by at least 21 points. Each of the previous four teams then won the Super Bowl. So I'm just saying we've never seen a Philadelphia sports team roll through the playoffs the way they, the way the Eagles team, ha, the Eagles have so far, and again they got one more game to go. Again, except for that eighty-three Sixers team, so we're not used to it. But there are teams, there are seasons where you are just the best the whole way through, and you show it every round. You show it every step of the way. I, I would, l- I mean, listen, an exciting. We all remember Super Bowl Fifty Two because it was so exciting because of the drama at the end. I think it'd be pretty cool to win Super Bowl Fifty Seven in very in a blowout fashion, sure. Again, I don't think you're counting on that with Patrick Mahomes, but in an easy way where you can drive up that point differential and cement yourself as one of the all-time great teams in NFL history. Maybe I'm getting greedy. And again, I'll take whatever, but that would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun to be able to look back on this team and say to yourself, we watched one of the greatest seasons in NFL history, not just the best in franchise history, which would be great too. But the best in NFL history. And that's what the Eagles have a chance to play for in the Super Bowl on uh, a week from Sunday. Let me give you my three biggest concerns for this game, uh, as we are a little more than a week away. Biggest concern number one, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, right? I mean, did you think I was going to lead with anything else? Mahomes' ability to make magic, even with pressure in his face. Last year's game at Lincoln Financial Field was demoralizing. He had maybe the greatest offensive performance in Lincoln Financial Field history in that game. When you look at the statistics. He was unstoppable. He also had Tyreek Hill in that game. Now he's he's done a lot with all the guys that he has with him. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes, even on a busted ankle, was mobile enough in the bat, in the uh, pocket and was able to get outside the pocket enough against the Cincinnati Bengals to make like to make life difficult on the Bengals. But maybe that game at the link last year gives the Chiefs gives Patrick Mahomes a, a maybe a, a smaller false sense of security. I think we can all agree this defense is light years better, light years better. And I think the defensive coordinator is different and better than he was when these two teams played. So the Eagles, Jonathan Gannon, this defense, really hasn't shut down any elite quarterback yet. They didn't really play an elite quarterback this year. Uh, Dak is probably the guy who came the closest. They didn't really shut down Aaron Rodgers when they played him, but they mostly were holding Aaron Rodgers in check, and they knew that they were kind of the way that game game script was proceeding. The Eagles had that game under control, so they just allowed Aaron Rodgers to, to dink and dunk them for, for a little while there. Uh, Kirk Cousins is generally regarded as a really good quarterback, and they wiped him out in this game, and Kirk Cousins traditionally had played well against the Eagles, so Jared Goff uh, played very well against the Eagles in the first game of the season, but again, the team got better, the defense got better as the season went along. Daniel Jones was supposed to be on the verge of figuring it out, and the Eagles crushed him And his running ability and his playmaking ability in the divisional round. They crushed him. So it's an open question what Jonathan Gannon is going to do against an elite quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes lights everybody up. So if this Eagles defense gets lit up a little bit by Mahomes, that's no no indictment necessarily of Jonathan Gannon. But it, it is a worry, and that is the biggest area of concern. Jonathan Gannon's history against elite quarterbacks. My second biggest concern is this Pacheco running back kid. Man, oh man. I uh, my I have nightmares of him catching four or five screen passes coming out of the backfield and just creating all kinds of trouble. He's uh, I think my uh my old boss at numberfire.com, uh JJ Zachariason who hosts the uh, the Late Round QB podcast um referred to him as like in Super Mario Brothers when Super Mario would get the little star and he'd become invincible, and you'd just hold down the B button and just sprint through the entire course until you were no longer invincible, right? The whole screen, that whole level, you'd just run as fast as you can and just... just, That's what he looks like when he's running. And I think that's going to be a... Maybe even as much as Travis Kelsey, I think that is going to be a matchup problem for the Eagles. So then my third biggest concern is protecting Jalen Hurts. The offensive line has done a very good job protecting Jalen Hurts all season long. It's the best offensive line in football. I think they're a little better as a run-blocking unit, though, than a pass-blocking unit. And Hurts looked jittery against the Niners. The Chiefs piled up the second-most sacks in the league this year. I'm a little concerned about the passing game, whether or not Hurts has the confidence, given the fact that his shoulder is clearly still not 100%. He doesn't want to get hit. And he's he's... Uh, you know, he. it was great to see him on those designed runs late in the game against the 49ers in the third quarter when they had that final drive to put the game away. Prior to that, it looked like he was doing everything he could to avoid contact in the pocket. And that's my worry is that he's a little bit skittish about getting hit. He doesn't want to get hit in the pocket. He doesn't want to get driven down to the turf on his shoulder, which, again, I understand. And the Eagles didn't need him to light it up in the pocket, but they might need more from him passing the football in this game, and I'm a little concerned that he's a little bit too concerned about getting hit in the pocket and sacked, and he needs to have more confidence and stay in the pocket and not drop his eyes and get jittery. Now, the Chiefs, secondary, not nearly as good as the 49ers, so there should be more opportunities downfield than there were against San Francisco, but that is my third biggest concern heading into this game right now is Hurts in the pocket. Protecting Jalen Hurts, keeping him upright, keeping him healthy. My three biggest areas of confidence, the Lions. I just don't see the Chiefs being able to hold up to this relentless pass rush that the Eagles have. And that is the key to the Eagles winning this game. Can the Eagles hit Patrick Mahomes? Can they fence him in? Can they keep him from getting outside? Can they keep him from being a, a magician, a magical playmaker back there? As Tony Romo called him, a wizard doing wizardry. Can, can they prevent that? Can they hit him? Can they get him on the ground? If they can do that, they're going to win this game. And I think they will do that. I think they will sack him. I think they will hit him. I think they will pressure him. He's also very, 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 very good at making things happen out of pressure. Seeming like he's trapped, like he's captured, like you've got him. And then he flings the ball to Pacheco, who runs for 25 yards. Like, you can just see it. You can see it, can't you? It's, it's the nightmare scenario. But that's my, one of my biggest areas of confidence is the defensive line getting to Mahomes and the offensive line excelling at running between the tackles. The, chief, the Chiefs struggle defending the run between the tackles. The best way to beat the Chiefs is A, to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands, which means long drives. The Eagles specialize in long drives, running the football, shorten the game. This game is set up for that. Given the Chiefs' uh, lack of uh, ability to stop the run in between the tackles and how much the Eagles love to do that. third, uh, Second biggest area of confidence, A.J. Brown. I think he's due, man. Given another week to heal up, he didn't look right as the game went along in the NFC Championship game. I think he's been a little bit hurt. I think he's been dinged up. I think Hurts and Brown will connect a lot early in the game especially. I think there's going to be a desire to get him the ball early. Pass early to set up the run late. I think that's what you're going to see from this team. They're going to try and do that again. And A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith on these young rookie cornerbacks, these young secondary players, that should be a mismatch. If, if Hurts has time, he, that should be a mismatch that they can exploit. My third biggest area of confidence, I know Andy Reid has gotten better as an in-game manager. But I can't help but remember so many games during Andy Reid's tenure. Well, he just looked like he was three steps ahead of what everybody else was doing. And then in a big game, in the Super Bowl, in those NFC Championship games that he lost, he would galaxy brain stuff. He would mess up clock management. He would mess up his timeouts. He would try and get too cute. He would try and force things because he thought they were a good idea and not adapt to what to what it was he was seeing. Now, he's got a quarterback that digs him out of a lot of stuff. But Andy Reid, as great a coach as he is, I don't think he's a good in-game tactician. He's gotten better. He has gotten better. It's not nearly as egregious as it used to be. But I think Andy Reid will find a way to kind of do something stupid, if I can be clear about it, in this game that will give the Eagles an edge. Nick Sirianni, thus far, has proven to be rock-solid in those areas of the game, knowing when to go for it. Andy's going to punt in a situation where he shouldn't punt. He's going to kick a field goal in a situation where he really shouldn't kick a field goal. Nick Sirianni is not going to do those things. So I think if you're looking in terms of process, Andy Reid is going to do something to mess up the process in Super Bowl 57 at some point during the game, and then it's just a matter of whether or not the Eagles can take advantage of it. All right, folks, we are a little more than a week away from Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Now I know I have been consuming content like crazy. I hope you're consuming all of these podcasts that we're sending your way. I I would recommend because I'm going to do it this weekend. I'm going to take a little break. Take 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 a step away. You know, go outside and uh, uh, breathe in the frigid cold air if you're here in the Northeast for a couple of days. You know, go out, uh, go out and go bowling. You know, go see a movie, play with your kids. You know, spend some time with the wife. Do a little housework. Get your house ready for Super Bowl Sunday. You know what I mean? Just, just take a step away. L- l- let's live our lives a little bit before we really get into the grind next week of getting ready mentally, uh, educationally, getting our brains lined up and in, in, in get in simpatico with Super Bowl 57 because I need I need a little break. Now, I've, I've heard enough nonsense from uh, – all of the idiots, uh, the talking heads on TV, the, the Giants players and the 49ers players who are essentially saying Nick Sirianni is on cruise control and this Eagles team is, you know, you've got all, it, it really is funny if you think about it. Like the arguments that are being made about this, about this football team, and this is the last thing I say uh, before, before we get out of here. You had people saying that Jalen Hurts was only good because of the system that Nick Sirianni put in place. Uh, then you basically then you had people saying Sirianni isn't good because he's got such a talented roster, and then you got people saying the Eagles aren't really good because they haven't actually beaten anybody. So what is it, guys? You you can't have you can't have it all the all different ways. You can't you can't you can't say that Jalen Hurts stinks because he's he's got a really great coach. You can't say that the coach stinks because he's got a really great team, and you can't say that the team isn't all that good because they haven't played anybody. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a lot of sour grapes. And I was on, uh, with Jody McDonald on WIP earlier this week. He asked me the same question. Why are players saying this kind of stuff? It's a coping mechanism. They got smashed by the Eagles. The Giants and 49ers got smashed in these two games. And some players have a hard time looking inside themselves and saying to themselves, we got our brains beat in. And so you make up excuses. It's a coping mechanism. So I'm just gonna let them cope. Let them cope. They're in denial. It's part of the stages of grief, right? You let them have their denial. You let them have their anger. Let them work through it if they see it as like a revenge thing for next year. If the, you know, we get the 49ers again next year at some point, and you know, they they look we're gonna we're we're gonna prove we're better than you know, okay. You couldn't protect your quarterbacks, that's why you lost. You weren't very good, Giants. That's why you lost. The Eagles were better. It's clear. It's clear in every way that matters. It's just to own it. But I get you got to cope. You got to cope. I f- it's fine. Go ahead and cope. I'm just, I'm not getting worked up about the noise. Because that's what it is. It's a coping mechanism, and we're going to hear more of it during the course of Super Bowl week. So if that all has gotten to you, you know, if, if that's all just kind of muddled your brain and it's driving you a little crazy, get off Twitter for a little while. Let's just all step away and let's get back at it. After you listen to, listen to all the Bleeding Green Nation podcasts, make sure you're checking out bleedinggreennation.com every day, and then just take a powder for a couple of days. And let's, uh, we'll ramp back up here uh, at the start of next week as we all get ready to mentally focus on Phoenix, The Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 57. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy. P.G.N.